Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, hit it shot! Oh, baby, what a play! This is Jeff Bedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, NFL draft writer for NFL Media, Eric Edholm joins former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio. Eric, great to have you on, man. Just adjusting my hair there, you know, for anybody who might be watching, right? But you do uh, have yeah. a YouTube channel, so that's I'm glad you did that. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah it, I'm in dire need of a haircut before the draft, boys. Let me tell you, I've been bunkered down, hunkered down, whatever the word is, you know, Listen, in, my, it, in my draft cave. You know? Eric, that's what we want. We want the mad scientist of the draft. That's what we want to hear from right now. That's how we want to hear it. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, this this kind of off season has been enough to to make your hair go wild, hasn't it? I mean, it's yeah. been the NFL does not uh, disappoint when it comes to giving us things to talk about each week for sure. No doubt. I mean, it really is. You know, we always say, "Well, there is no off season." No, I mean, there isn't, right? I mean, we'll we'll take well, everyone will get a little uh, well earned vacation, but then you know, mini camps and OTAs happen. I mean, there's rarely a week during the calendar outside of. If we make it past July 4th, we're usually in good shape. But, you know, even even last year, Baker Mayfield was traded on July 7th, right? I mean, we wow. can't even get a week off in July. But, yeah, <laughs> in this draft in particular, guys, I think just big picture, you know, just making a few calls the last few days, no one really knows how it's going to go. You know, there's there's a lot of, lot of question marks. Last year felt a little more firmed up by this point. You felt like you kind of had an idea how the the first round, the first half of the first round would go. This year, a lot of mystery out there. Is there a position or a team or a need that's giving you pause and not, you know, letting you sort of solidify it? Like what 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 if you had to put your finger on a few yeah. things, uh, what would you give our listeners a couple of bullet points on on things to look for or not or or not to look for? Uh, right. coming up in this draft well last year a little bit unusual these days in that we only had one quarterback in the first mm-hmm. 70 some odd yeah. picks 72 or three whatever it was and only one in in the first in the in the top 20 you know so it didn't really that lent lent towards more of a predictable top 10 you know it's probably my best mock draft in years accuracy wise you know just because you felt like you had a good feel of how things were going to go, even with a couple little surprises. So this year, with four potentially four quarterbacks going in the the upper parts of round one, maybe even a fifth at the end of round one. I personally don't think Hennon Hooker will get in round one, but it could. He could. I mean, it wouldn't be stunning. So that that changes things. You've also got the Jalen Carter factor. You know, there's some off the field stuff that people are uh, you know questioning. It might require some ownership sign off. You know, he he was the the Quentin Williams a couple years ago when he was sort of viewed as the best football player in the draft, right? You can make that case for Carter. So not knowing where he's going to go certainly throws a wrench and, and then no maybe early run on receivers or tackles. So again, it's just kind of a different feel than, than what we've mm-hmm. seen in recent years. Uh, Eric, who are you mocking to the chiefs right now? And why, why would that person be a good fit? I I I'm, I have to look back at who I had in the last mock draft because I'm actually working on the the current final 
uh, version of this, uh, which apparently is going to sit in some editor's hands for a couple of days, which makes me very <laughs> nervous. But so I can't remember who I gave him last time. So I'll have to kind of tap dance here on the fly, but I'm still pondering, you know, what the options are going to be uh, this year around. And and that's actually better because that we, mm-hmm. you know, rather than one guy, maybe a few guys who might be in that area that would kind of, you think that the chiefs might, might think about well, in full disclosure, guys, the only reason I came on is to pick your brains to get a better mom. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, so, well, what do you guys, well, do you guys I, think? Yeah, no. Well, touché, touché, Eric. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 to you, man. At least I'm honest. Eric, because I thought Jeff was going to tell our listeners that you were mocking the Chiefs there for a second. Oh, my Amazing was not the best. What is Jeff asking here? You know, because, you know, and if you take that, you know, if we would have taken that out of context, just say, you know, why are we having Eric on? He's mocking the Chiefs, but the draft. Okay. Kind of hard to mock a team that's won 66 games and two Super Bowls in five years. I'd have to dig pretty deep. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think I would probably, you know, to eventually get to your question here. I would think wide receiver, you know, depending mm. on how many are off the board. I would think pass rusher because it's, mm. you know, I mean, he's still, I think, even with, um, you know, the guy they signed, uh, Menehu, and, uh, you know, even with Carl Aftis in, in year two and, you know, guys like Mike Dana still on the roster and whatnot. I mean, I think they still have a room for another one. I could see a tight end at some point. I don't know if Brown one's in play. Um a tackle, offensive tackle certainly has to be on the on the menu at some point. Is that the right spot in the draft? We'll see. So yeah, I would say somewhere on that defensive front, somewhere at receiver would would be in play, and you know some other positions as well. Wow, Jeff, some somebody's been reading our diary. Uh, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> because I we we you know I, Eric, we're right there with you. I mean Jeff and I have been talking about that leading up to this. Is it has there been any move in free agency? Chiefs or or you know heavy competitor of the Chiefs um, that our listeners would be interested in hearing that is, has there been any big move that's affected this draft for any team that mm. you can think of because um, it, it started out hot and heavy right that the the free agent it kind of slowed yeah. down a little bit as we've gotten closer to the draft it was it was moving there for a while it was yeah I don't know that there was a single move that you could point to. You know, for instance, even division rival Raiders, you know, getting Jimmy Garoppolo, like big move for that, yeah, that right? Even if yeah. we know, I don't think that takes them out of quarterback. I really mm. don't. And and they've been doing more than due diligence on the on the top. They've had all the top quarterbacks in. They've you know they've certainly done their homework on the you know the the second tier and third tier guys at that position as well. There's not a big second tier this year. It's it's mm-hmm. a lot of first and a lot of third tier, right? So. Um, but still they they are sitting in that kind of perch at number seven where they can kind of see how the top of the draft plays out. And I'll, I'll say this, there's been a, a lot of buzz about the possibility of the Texans passing on a quarterback at two. If that happens, you know, the floodgates open up, who knows what's going to happen. All of a sudden, Arizona is very much in business at number three multiple you know three different quarterbacks on on the board a team like the Raiders certainly could could get aggressive think about their front office too I mean Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler both from New England Monty Austin Fort the new GM in Arizona uh, cut his teeth in New England under Bill Belichick 
you know, and, and really, you know, it's funny how many new England guys control the top of the draft. Yeah. You've even got Mike mm-hmm. Vrabel kind of stalking and possibly in quarterback mode. And you've got uh, Houston with Casario in new England's picking 14. So there's a huge former Patriots flavor at the top of the draft. And, and I wouldn't be shocked if a couple of those teams end up doing business in a trade and it might involve a quarterback. So there's just, there's a lot, a lot of, things to juggle this year great stuff there eric well betonline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info stats news and scores get the latest odds and lines including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs bet online is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs basketball mlb nhl hockey right to ufc and boxing Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and car games. You can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use your promo code BLEAV, that's believe, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We're here with Eric Edholm of NFL Media. The NFL Draft Czar. Is that the title you said to go with? I can't. I can't. Uh, Grand Poobah. <laughs> Grand Poobah. <laughs> uh, Eric, a lot, now, yeah. a lot of Chiefs fans um, are really been a lot of hubbub and talk over the offseason about the wide receiver position. Fans mm-hmm. are, it's, it's funny because it's like, well, you were able to place uh, Tyree Kill pretty capably. So you maybe relax a little bit, but there's a lot of, so just kind of take us through your thoughts on maybe the wide receiver class and maybe a couple guys that, that might fit the, the chiefs if they do draft one at some, and, and they likely will at some point. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, late twenties is going to be a, a really interesting spot, you know, depending on what a couple teams in front of them do like the giants and whatnot, um, you know, when the first one goes off the board for that matter, in my opinion, Jackson Smith and Jigba is, and I think by a healthy margin, the best receiver mm-hmm. in this class um, I kind of liken him to a Julian Edelman, Cooper Cup type. I think he's that kind of you know, slasher. He can take a short pass and, and rip off 17 yards. He can, you know, he can run an over route if you need him to crossing routes. He's got that, you know, good build, but also has the quickness. So I think he's the top guy. But the question is, you know, who's number two? I think you could get three or four different answers. I really do. And that kind of reflects on this class. Not that it's bad. But first of all, we've been so spoiled the last four or five yeah. years in the draft, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that this is, would be a pretty respectable group by pre-2017 or 18 standards, I would say. So um, it just lacks great size. So there's a few longer receivers who I think will do okay. Um, and even some of the smaller guys didn't test the way you would normally expect, right? We have... 173-pound Jordan Addison, 175-pound Jalen Hyatt, 170-pound Josh Downs. And, you know, those guys are running in the 4-4s, which is good. It's it's fast, but it's not fast for a 170 or 180-pounder. So, you know, there's, there's a little bit of – there's some warts on a lot of these guys. And I think there are a lot more Robins than there are Batman. Batman, I guess, would be the plural of that. So, Batmans. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's, you'll see some, some pretty solid sleepers in day three, maybe not amazing, but you know, a couple guys will emerge and 
you know, some some good respectable players on day two who are better than guys drafted ahead of them. But I don't know this is going to be a banner year. But there are definitely receivers to be had, especially for a team like the Chiefs. In a, if you think about it, like, okay, you're replacing Miko Harmon. We, we can find that. We can mm-hmm. find that in this draft class. Eric, what do you think? What do you think makes the NFL draft what it is? I mean, let, let's Good let's question, be bro. let's be let's be honest. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's it's the <laughs> most hyped. I mean, you know, as we're into basketball playoffs right now, we know we know basketball and the NBA is popular. Hockey, we could probably put aside a little bit. It's probably still a niche sport for a lot of people. Sure. You know, base, baseball draft sometimes goes off, and I don't, I don't even know if anybody knows it happened. <laughs> um, you know, with all the rounds that they have, like, what what do you think makes it what it is? Is there is there some secret sauce that makes it want to be a nationally televised hyped event like this? Yeah, I mean, I you know, it's funny because the NFL didn't ever view it that way, as you know, back in the day, yeah. right? It was wow. held in the smoky hotel ballroom in New York or Philly or wherever they had it back in the day, and uh, mostly New York City. Um, and then there started to become more interest in the league and kind of the minutia of the league, and guys like Dr. Z got into the yeah. uh, the details of the, the inner workings of the league, and then you had people – like Mel Kuyper and Joel Booksbaum yeah. from from uh, PFW uh, as guys who, you know, really pulled back the curtain, I think, on how the draft worked. And, I, you know, I always pay respect to that because I don't know that we would have the, the draft culture and obsession that we have now uh, to, like you said, to where yeah. you can have it in Las Vegas, you can host a, a ro- rolling road show and take it to Kansas City. You can, you know, Cleveland, Chicago, Philly, mm-hmm. everywhere they've been the last 10 years. And I think part of it is like, you know, it's almost for some people kind of like the NCAA tournament. It's it's an event yeah. and it, it's not a one day thing. It's a multiple day thing where you can you can now wager on it legally. You had to do it illegally before you can fill out, you know, your mock drafts and see how good a scout you are. Um, you know, anybody who follows college and NFL has some sort of rooting interest in, in what's going on. So it's a crossover of college football fans and NFL fans all coming mm-hmm. together in, in a weird sort of pool of, of, I mean, and plus we're a little football starved by this point. We, we've yeah. we've gone through the first few phases of withdrawal, and it's like, man, all right, now we need something. And this for years was the one oasis until, you know, end of July. So a little different now, but still, you can have this a three-day primetime event and and have it rake in the, 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 the ratings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was only – it was 32 short years ago that I was drafted. Uh, my God, that's, that's a really awesome. long time ago. Um, do you remember the day? Do you remember the actual date you were, you were picked? It was April, whatever, or can you believe I don't, I don't remember the date. I don't know. I just, crazy I didn't know is that. that? I, yeah. I mean, I remember up on ev- everything else about it. Um, but back then figure it out. The, 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 the second uh, round wasn't even televised. So right, exactly. So, Maybe you get a couple picks, but if you're lucky, right. Exactly. Yeah. And they, they happened that year, they happened to have one of the longest first rounds in, in history. Every team had used, I think, but I think back then it was still the allotted 15 for the first round. And by that time it was over. So 
I was getting updates on the radio at that point <laughs> on our on our local uh, radio. We, we even ha- we didn't even have like satellite radio back then, right? That's or streaming. Amazing. There was no there was no streaming service in 1991. So it was basically <laughs> in, in Philadelphia. It was it's KYW, which is the local you know news station and yeah. um, AM. And, you know, they would just give updates like every 15 minutes whenever they would give sports updates. And that's and how you had we to were. wait till the newspaper the next day, yeah. right? To yeah. see who got picked. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was wild. So, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I know that's still that's three decades. So it's that's a long time for things to change. But, man, how things have changed. Yeah. Um, and how and I, that's why I was at made me think about it and wanted to ask you your opinion on that. Because is it the Goodell factor? Is it is it him? Did he? <laughs> His Hollywood sort of mystique <laughs> have something to do with it and his ability to sort of raise the stakes of the game. It just seems like, you know, maybe, maybe that's co- coincidental or I don't know. You know, I think uh, Eric's point, too, about the crossover, if you're a, whether you're a college football fan yeah. or an NFL fan is popular. And then the other thing I think that I know this is fun for for me, too, is like you kind of get to play GM. Like, oh, man, what a great pick. Oh, they should have done this. What are they doing? It's just like kind of like an NFL fantasy for something for for fans. Right. Absolutely. And and by the way, you were drafted on April 21st, 1991. Okay. I just looked that up. So Thanks, Eric. I happy, happy draft anniversary in a couple of days. <laughs> um, I agree. I think I think the, you know, like filling out your brackets, you know, this is what I'm thinking how I did it as a kid. You know, like I would fill out my brackets and I would fill out my mock draft. They would do a blank mock draft in the USA Today and I would go out and get one on the Saturday morning or Friday afternoon, whatever fill it out, you know, the day before the draft. And I think there was just a generation of dorky football fans like me out there who are now <laughs> middle-aged, right? And they're still, and it's grown up along with us. And when they first put it on TV, people probably thought, what in the world are they broadcasting? Picks being re- read off of a microphone. But, you know, when John Elway's come along and Bo Jackson's come along and these, these unicorns, you know, it draws people in a little bit and then you can get them in a little farther. Oh, the Notre Dame kid just got, I don't know. So it just has so many different tentacles to it that makes it a quirky and fascinating event. Do you, uh, Eric, do you have um, a couple favorite prospects in this draft? And, I, you know, I don't mean like a Bryce Young that everybody knows, but like a couple guys you're like, oh, man, that, that you kind of really fall in love with during uh, the process as you're scouting these guys. Yeah, let me try to think of some a good little variety here if I can. I mean, I, I mentioned Jackson Smith a jig, but you know, he barely played this year. I mean, he played, you know, the equivalent of about a game and a half this mm-hmm. year because uh, of injuries. But I, I got reminded how good he is. I mean, everyone sort of fretted over his speed or his lack of speed. You know, he's like a four or five guy. I don't think he's slow, right? But Cooper Cup was a four seven guy on, on a time speed. I mean anyone who watches him doesn't think he's slow because of his gear changes and his direction changing ability. And, and, you know, how he slips out of tackles, who cares if he's slow, right? I mean, so that's what I kept coming back to every time I watched him was him making either a contested catch when he couldn't gain, you know, huge separation, or if you gave him enough time, he was crafty enough as a route runner to get open. So he's definitely one uh, Paris Johnson uh, from Ohio State. The more I've watched him, I, again, I know these are a little higher uh, on the list, but the more I thought, wow, he's 
he's really rock solid. And they, you know, and he'll show those little flashes of nastiness and he's a smart kid and he's an impossibly large human being. <laughs> I'm a little surprised there hasn't been more buzz on him, right. Just with his length and his athletic ability, but uh, two position starter, two right guard, left tackle. Uh, and another one who is, I, I think at the senior bowl was, was when the, the crush first <laughs> sunk, uh, sunk in Keanu Benton, a defensive lineman from Wisconsin. I just thought, who is this junkyard dog? You know, I'd watched him before, but it was un. I'll tell you, Joe. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, being in the trenches and everything. But I mean, like watching one on one on one drills up close. You know, when your eyes are right there and you can watch every hand movement and every little bit mm-hmm. of leverage and how their feet are and their hips and their how much they're bending and not bending. Up close versus on tape or TV yeah. is a massive difference. And this kid was firing off the ball and giving people problems. So Keanu Benton definitely grew on me as I watched him dominate senior bowl and then, you know, go through the combine and test pretty well too. Okay. So I'll make it personal again and come back to a question uh, about the FCS. What what are you thinking there? I mean, I know there's a lot of uh, Cody Mouch. There's a lot of look at him. I think he might yeah. might be listed as the number one. And of course, the big guy, which is which is interesting, right? Which is unusual. Usually, I don't know. Usually, a lot of times at the FCS level, it's it's the speed or or some skill specialty position because they right. were, you know, not highly recruited. And and offensive and defensive line are such mature positions. Um, Usually they're they're saved for the SEC, um, yeah. or the, you know the big conferences. But any any anybody you looking at there, um, including Cody, <clears throat> that that's kind of standing out that could be one of those wow, you know Jerry Rice type moments. Like man, there was somebody that was Walter Payton. You know who's the next Walter Payton or Jerry Rice in this draft? Yeah, it's I, I don't know that there's quite that guy in this draft, but there are a few who are fascinating for sure. Um, and, you know, the thing about if you're interested in Cody Mock, for instance, is, OK, he played college tackle, probably like him at guard or center. Mm-hmm. Most teams seem to, um, you know, he he looks like he could play there and do well. The senior bowl snap the ball well. I mean, I think he's going to be a, a solid, you know, late second, early third round pick, mm-hmm. top 75, let's say somewhere between 45 and 75, I would say. And you feel pretty good about him because North Dakota state has produced like they're the one school of all those FCS schools that yeah. I think you, you feel like is a offensive line producer, you know, and you say, <laughs> yeah. okay, I can trust these guys. They've produced other guys before. There's a, uh, a comfort level there, I guess. And he's a good kid. I think he'll work hard and do well. Two other ones though, that have a chance to be including one who plays uh, Rice's position, uh, Tucker craft from South mm-hmm. Dakota state I think we're sleeping on him a little bit mm-hmm. and it it's based on some conversations I've had based on what I've seen, you know, I thought, I thought a good player, not a great one, but then I started watching and kind of seeing stuff that I didn't see before uh, as I got to know him a little bit better. He's got some burst to him. Remember, you know, Dallas, I mean, um, yeah, Dallas Goddard yeah. went to South Dakota state as well. Um, so, you know, again, there's a trust level in the sense that this is a program that's produced a high level tight end before tight ends, a tricky position, as you guys know. And I think the kid has the athletic traits, the length, the will as a blocker. He's not there yet technique wise, but he gives the effort. And I think some surprisingly explosive ability as, as a receiver. So he's, 
kind of in that second round range, I would say he'll probably be the, he might be the first FCS guy off the board. Uh, Andre Yosivas from uh, Princeton, I think is going to be, he's sort of a uh, similar to Christian Watson for the Packers last year. We saw not quite as, uh, I don't think he'll go 35th or whatever. He'll go yeah. probably around lower than that. Maybe. Um McClendon Curtis, a kid from Chattanooga, another senior bowl player. Yeah. I thought I didn't know anything about him before he I went down there. He'd seen the name, but I didn't really watch him. And I thought he held up well at tackle. I thought he held up well at guard. It's gotten to the point where most people are saying now maybe he could play some tackle in the NFL. Probably a guard, but you never know. So yeah, the FCS players, this is a an okay crop by <laughs> recent standards. Not great. There's no superstar, but a few solid players there, and Kraft and, and Yosivas, I think, are the two that have a chance to be, you know, possibly very good, Pro Bowl good. Uh, Bryce Young is going number one, right? Like, if you think, or what have you been hearing? <laughs> I think so, yeah. In fact, I was, you know, when that trade went down with the Bears and, and Panthers, my immediate reaction was, I think they're taking CJ. I really just sort of thought that's a – I could see Frank Reich taking mm-hmm. him. Like, I could see it – and you sort of just, I don't know, maybe I talked myself into it. And, of course, I called the Panthers. They weren't they weren't going to give it to me. No, they didn't give it to anybody else either, you know. But it slowly leaked out that, that Young is their guy. Here's the question I'll pose. I don't know if this is true or not. This is just me just talking out here. Is it possible that he that Bryce Young wasn't Frank's first choice? I don't know. It might. That's a question I would ask him at his first press conference, mm-hmm. right? I I think the owner David Tepper has a hand in in Young being mm. the pick. I I do. I don't know that he, he made the final call, but I think that's his preferred choice. I'd love to know, you know, who else the other people who, who Scott Fitter, the GM, and uh, Reich and and Josh McCown and who you know and and Caldwell and all these guys in the building. Well, who do they like first? They won't tell us, but that's what I want to know. Hey Eric, has it? Um, and I keep. I'm like. Uh, I feel like I have you on 60 minutes here. I'm. I'm asking all these tough questions, right? I'm not asking. Just asking. <laughs> no, you all the I like questions. it. I. I, I, I just, like. Eric, what's your favorite color? I mean, exactly. I'm kind of a burnt sienna guy. He's throwing you on. He's throwing you on. He's throwing you all the softballs. Um, <laughs> but what do you think? Having the receipts. Yeah, I'm trying to be pop culture there. Yeah, uh, right. My daughters will be proud. Um, <laughs> Do you think having the receipts has made a, a, a media person or a journalist a job harder when it comes to this kind of prognosticating drafts and doing things? Because I just come, so I don't mean to get controversial, but that yeah. Merrill Hodge, Skip Bayless clip that was going around <laughs> about yeah. Johnny Mansell. Like, I've seen I it. tell you, I, I, I had to watch it like four times because oh, yeah. it just, it's because it's a train wreck, right? But man, whether whether you love either of those guys good or bad like the whole thing it just made me think like man like geez like you know you got to have an opinion and you want people to have right. an opinion but man you don't also want to be coming back x amount of years later and somebody going what were you thinking you know because you know oh. there's a lot of people out there that went patrick mahomes going in the first round no way <laughs> like right because it happens right because people have their opinions on what a good player is so i was just wondering curious if that makes your job harder, you know, I'm sure it does, right? Hi, my name is Eric Edholm, 
and I gave Patrick Mahomes a B minus. I, 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 this is a this is a cleansing process. I, I, I didn't mean I, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm volunteering this information because it is good for all of us. My point is this: I don't think you should be ashamed of of having a yeah. bad take at one point. I, I definitely. I mean, not. you know. Like who in the world was predicting that Mahomes was going to right. blow torch the league? Right, you have to have a little bit of perspective too on the other side. Criticism is fine. I've never shied away from that. Have I cringed at some of the things I've written? Of course. You know, like you're writing a story and you think, "Oh yeah, I wrote about this once before," and you start looking at it two, two or three years old, let's say, and you're reading through it and nothing is holding up. Like not, you know what I mean? To the point where you don't even want to link to it in your own story you think oh god none of that came true so yeah it's it's part of the deal you're gonna be wrong you know what is it the the best that the leading batter in mlb hits 340 maybe right right mock drafters are left lucky to hit 200 i mean right. so if you're doing this you, you have to have a thick skin you have to have a good sense of humor about it you have to put it in perspective i don't think it makes the job harder but having billions of sets of eyes is both a blessing and a curse uh, on uh, on what you do, and something will always come back to bite you. I'm sure. No, that's a great answer. Thank you. I, I just was. I thought yeah, that would be fun no, to talk about. I love the you know, clip you... too, so I, I appreciate the question. Yeah, <laughs> great perspective there, Eric. Well, Eric, tell people where you can where where listeners can find you on NFL.com. Your your Twitter uh, handle, yeah. MySpace page, whatever you want to. Yeah, yeah, I got I got a hot MySpace page. You guys aren't ready for that, but uh, <laughs> uh, I Twitter is like pretty much my. I do have a Facebook page. Don't use it really, but uh, Twitter Eric with a C underscore Ed Holm E D H O L M, and then NFL.com. I've got final mock. I think comes out on Monday of of draft week. Um, I've got a Jameer Gibbs story coming up. Going to talk to him uh, this week and got some other stuff. Uh, my top 100 list just came out recently and doing a little news along the way. And I'll be uh, coming to Kansas City. And it's been a while, man. I haven't been there in forever. I'm a Mizzou guy and I love I love Kansas City, but I'm excited to finally get back and uh, see some drafting. Awesome. And Eric, don't forget, don't forget to go through all those little slips of paper you used to fill out back to the 91 draft and see oh. maybe where yeah, you had me. Right. I, wanted, I want to see where oh. you had Joe go at. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I didn't think I had you in my top 50 and you went, <laughs> I think you went exactly 50th, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. When people were feeling, so, wait, they were like, wait, did the Chiefs just take somebody from Penn State? What just happened there? Yeah. Uh, the so, other one, yeah, the, but, the smart ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, a, this is awesome. Eric, you are fantastic. And uh, what a treat to have you and uh, for Thank our listeners you. get to hear, hear it and not just see it in writing or on a tweet, but to hear your voice uh, going through all this stuff. Cause you, you're amazing at this. So thanks for, thanks for joining us. Oh, you're too kind. It's a pleasure. I love hopping on with you guys. Like I said, it's our annual little draft yeah. tradition. So let's, uh, let's keep it going another year. And I'm uh, looking forward to uh, April 27th. Absolutely. Well, if you enjoy this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.